Hello, welcome to the Daily Cron for Thursday, February 28th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. Today I'm feeling a little under the weather, so I think it's going to be a short one, but it is Throwback Thursday, and I figured I would talk a little bit about the earliest days of the Drexel 1 mobile project. I promised I would get to that at some point, so why not start today? So, back in, I think it was about 2011, iPhones had been out for a few years. App Store was a thing. I um, was, you know, work at the IT department, and we had a product called Drexel One. Drexel One was a portal, and a portal. If you, if you may know what it is, if you were around in the nineties on the early earlier days of the web and early two thousands, but a portal was thought to be the, like the next big thing. Essentially. It was a web page you would go to that would kind of create like a like a dashboard of other information. So I think Yahoo had one and man there was there was so many back in the day, but but the idea was you go to this web page and you could see like your email, you could see news headlines, you could maybe see photos, you know, just like lots of things from all over the place. And in our case we wanted a portal where you could go one place, Drexel One, where you could sign on with your login name and password, and then from there you could get to other services. So we, we use it as a single sign-on point as well. So you go from there to you know your schedule area to your email, etc. There was a lot of features in there we use, and you had news items in there. We had we had there's lots of stuff in there. It still exists. It's been upgraded many times since then, modified, etc. But we wanted to create a mobile version of it because mobile was hot, and people have these you know iPhones everywhere and. We we wanted to get in on that, so the the first version of the Drex One mobile app was actually a mobile website. Way back then, uh, doing a mobile website was still kind of a novel thing, and the idea of like a a mobile web app it was the sweet solution, as Steve Jobs called it <laughs> back then. Uh, and so basically, that's what we were sort of trying to do, except that we wanted it in the app stores. We wanted it there because, uh, you know, it 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 was just like a cachet thing. Everybody wanted their app in the app store, but we didn't really know how to write native apps. So we created this web app. We used like a very very early version, I think, of jQuery. We custom wrote a backend that evolved into what we still use today, actually, for the API. But it also had generated some, you know, web pages. Uh, I remember working on this. A lot of us, it was a team of us working on this. But I, being the resident Mac guy, had the job of making making the um, iOS version, submitting it to the store. The iOS version, way at this point, was actually just a shim. Like it was barely a few lines of code, uh, you know, an Objective C, just to instantiate a, a web view, essentially. Uh, nowadays, if you try to submit an app like that, Apple will almost certainly reject you. Uh, in fact, they have rejected apps. I've seen apps get rejected for this in recent years. If it's just a web page, it's like you don't really need to have it in the app store. But, you know, it was the early days and the rules weren't as uh, strict, I guess, back then. We were still figuring it out. And we didn't stay with the web app for long. We eventually we did a, a native version, but that's a, another story. So we had this web app and we want to, you know, submit it to the store. But in order to submit something to the store, you need a developer account. So we we try to create a developer account, and we can't because 
one already exists. There was already a Drexel University developer account. So um, we're like, okay. We call up Apple and we have to, you know, we talk to them and we're like, well, what's up with this? And so Apple has a policy and they still enforce it to this day that you can only have one developer account per, you know, like, like legal entity. So legal entity could be you. So it could be one per you as a human being, one per like LLC or in this case, a university. So even though a university is made up of a bunch of semi-autonomous colleges and departments and things like that, you still have, uh, it's still one legal entity, Drexel University, at least from Apple's perspective. So someone else had already beat us at a punch to get an account created. You know, the and we're the central IT department, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's a university. So people kind of are living on the cutting edge and, and sometimes, and uh, obviously someone wanted to play around with apps before we got around to doing it. And so they created an account. So we had to find out who it was. And we asked Apple, like, well, who has the account? And Apple's like, well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> because Apple does not tell you personal information about other customers, which is good. It can be frustrating in this circumstance because we were, you know, the, we were the supposed to be running something like this. We we're the central IT department. But, you know, they couldn't tell us who it was. Uh, but what they could do is send an email to them on our behalf. But they couldn't tell us the email address either. So anyway, long story short, they, they did that. We, we got in touch with the, uh, the other party at the university and transferred the account over. And no big deal, really. But uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> it was just kind of funny that the, when we first found out there was already an account and they wouldn't tell us who it was. You know, it's like, but we're, <laughs> we're the IT department. And, you know, that actually happened to me later. Like, year, like, this happened to me more than once with Apple where someone else at the university had already created some kind of backend account with Apple and they won't tell me who it is, you know? So I had to jump through hoops to try to find, figure it out, you know, they, or they would have to send an email. And then if they didn't respond to that, then we're kind of like guessing like who else could have this and, you know, calling people up. Like it can be a, it can be a bit of a pain. So I guess the, 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 I guess the, the moral of that story is if, if you're central IT of someplace, just like get all those accounts, like I, just, Everything. Just get a version of everything, I guess, ahead of time so so that no one else gets it for, ahead of you. And then you have to try to figure out who owns it because it can be a bit of a pain. But anyway, once we had the account and I had my little shim app, I submitted it to App Review. And back then, App Review would take like a week or two. To, and this app did, like literally the app part did almost nothing because it was just a web view. But it's still, I don't know how long it took. I bet it took like a week or more because that's what it took back then. And they uh, actually accepted it, and they put it in the store, and that was version one of the Drex One mobile app. Uh, in fact, it was a completely different SKU. So for a for years, the current version of the app that's in the store um, kind of coexisted with the old version, and and I think we I think we've only had two SKUs. I, I'd have to check. Man, I've been on been working on this so long, but the um, the original app is long since gone. Uh, but its uh, legacy kind of lives on. I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think actually the web app version of that for the longest time was still sort of working. Like if you knew the, the URL to go to, you would still get this like um, crappy unupdated web app. You know, it wouldn't give you like any special access or anything. In fact, it was more broken than anything else. But, you know, we uh, we've evolved this product for many years. And it all started as this little web app project to try to create a portal. And now no one talks about portals anymore. 
but they definitely still talk about mobile apps. So I got more stories that are probably more interesting too about the development of this product over the years because it's a, it's at this point been you know, like what like eight years at least we were we were working on this thing in various versions and there's back end systems there's various clients that uh, yeah, I can tell you stories about so you know we'll get back to it later but on this throwback Thursday when I'm not really feeling that well figured I'd just do a little bit of a a quickie about the earliest earliest days and my foggy memory of that time on developing Drexel One Mobile. Uh, another interesting thing about Throwback Thursday today, if your podcast player can show the cover art, or if you go to the webpage at dailycronpodcast.com, you could see a photo, the earliest photo I could find of my very first Mac, which was a white iBook I used in college. And in, funny enough, the the uh, photo I found is dated from February of 2003. So I, I thought I had to post it today, being like the last day of February, Throwback Thursday. Uh, so I guess that'll be it for today because I, I'm i just going to go to bed early, I think, and hope I feel better tomorrow. In the meantime, if you have any uh, stories you'd like to share, uh, you can get in touch with me. All the content information's at the website, dailycronpodcast.com. I'm also, it's also on Twitter and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. All that kind of stuff can be found at the webpage. So for now, have a good evening, and I will talk to you tomorrow.